Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. Welcome to Reclaim Your Life. I'm so honored that you're joining us today. I'm Mal Duane, your host and the producer. I'm the author of Alpha Chick and the Life Recovery Coach, but I think of myself more as a spiritual warrior helping women to live better lives. When we release the past, we can fully embrace the present. All of my guests this season will share their own journeys of self-discovery and how they pushed through fear and pain with perseverance, and now live as self-loving, empowered women with a purpose. I am so honored to open this season and our interviews with the amazing guest, Rhonda Britton. Rhonda is an Emmy Award winner. She's a repeat Oprah guest. She's a four-times best-selling author including her national hit, Fearless Living. She's changed so many lives. With over 600 episodes of reality television, and she's the creator of the number one method, fearlessliving.org, that helps you unlock any fear holding you back by giving you permission to live your life your way fearlessly. Rhonda, thank you so much for being here today, girl. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you. Well, how can I not come when the title of your event is called Reclaim Your Life, right? I mean, that is the essence of what I do and the essence of what I had to do in my own life, as you know. So absolutely, I'm so honored to be here and so honored to open up the event. Oh, well, you talk about fearless living and I'm going to share with you, for 25 years, I lived in fear that I wasn't good enough. Yes, yes. It, it took me a long time to figure how to get to figure out how to change that. And so I want you to tell us about your own fear and, and your life and how your journey and, and how you've changed your path. Mm. Well, just like you, Mel, I lived most of my life in fear as well. And I didn't even know it. I don't know if you even, I don't know if you knew it, but I think most people don't even know it's fear. You know, they call it worry. They call it overwhelm. They call it lack mentality. You know, they call it guilt. You know, they call it complaining. You know, there's, there's all the, they call it stress, right? So all of these words in our, in our vocabulary that we use, um, you know, like I said, shame, blame, guilt, overwhelm, procrastination, perfectionism, all these things actually give us the illusion that it's not fear. It gives us the illusion that we just have this problem to solve, right? But really, as you know, you know, you're not worried unless you have a fear. You don't feel guilt unless you have a fear. You don't have a difficult time putting boundaries in place unless you have a fear. You're not a perfectionist unless you have a fear. You're not a procrastinator if you don't have a fear. So when I was going through my own journey, which I'll, of course, share with you in just a few minutes, but when I was going through my own journey of pain and suffering and struggle, um, I thought that I had a whole bunch of problems. I thought I had just a ton of problems. 
and he was a procrastinator, and I felt overwhelmed, and I had stress, and I didn't, you know, and again, didn't feel good about myself, low self-confidence, you know, I could go on and on. So I kept thinking that I had to solve all these problems, you know, because I had so many. And I would be like, okay, well, I'll have to build my confidence up, and then I'll have to quit procrastinating, right? And and what I learned in my own journey, again, which I'll share in just a minute, is is that all of these problems are really just a symptom of what I call your wheel of fear, you know, i.e. your core fear. And once you start understanding how fear really works, not just the cliches of false evidence appearing real, not just the neuroscience of the amygdala, but really starting to understand how fear works to you in your life, in, you know, specifically for you, because it's going to be different. It's not going to work. It's going to work differently in your life than my life. But it's the same process, but it's going to show up differently. Once I started getting a handle, starting to understand that these problems, these symptoms, this suffering, this pain, this struggle was really just a symptom of my unresolved fear, of my un, un, you know, my lack of awareness about fear. I was able to start creating things to help my own life, to help me, you know, master fear. And then what happened, which is awesomely wonderful and cool, and thank God I'm not the only one that it works for, right? Um, I've just seen it work thousands and thousands and thousands of times now, is that I mean, I just got done with a three-day program, and everybody walking out of there was like, I can't believe this. This is amazing, right? It just, you know, I've gotten emails the last couple of days like, oh, my whole life is different, right? Because once you, once the veil is, is ripped from fear, you know, once the veil is ripped from fear, you know, it is kind of like you see the, you know, the guy in the underwear. You know, it's, it's not what we think it is. But because we've never been taught, it's not taught in junior high, it's not taught in high school, it's not taught in college, you know, I created this course because of my own need. You know, we're all walking around afraid to even look at fear because we think it's bigger than it is and we don't really know what it means. So, you know, that's the thing for me. Once I started to understand what core fear was and how it operated and how it manufactured all these symptoms and problems, the minute I uncovered my own way that fear works, my own personal, what I call wheel of fear, I would say 30 to 50% of my quote-unquote problems literally just just disappeared in a matter of like seconds. The other 50%, all of a sudden, were no longer eights and nines and tens. They were actually became twos and threes and fours, you know, and ones. You know, I mean, it, it became so much more clear on what I needed to do. And I did not feel that feeling like you started off with, you know, that not good enough feeling because that's how fear will always make you fear. Fear will always make you feel not good enough. Always, 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 always. No matter how confident you are that day, no matter how much self-esteem you have that day, no matter how good your day that is, the minute fear gets a hold of you, you doubt your success. You doubt your ability to do it again. You doubt that you can, you know, keep going, right? You doubt it. You start that doubt, that worry that, oh my God, how am I going to keep it up, right? So, so, this is kind of like the, the, the other side, you know, from my, again, like I said, my own pain, suffering, and struggle. And, and you know, Mel, I, um, just like you, uh, lived in fear, gosh, uh, let's see, 20, uh, let's see, 34 years of my life, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 34 years of my life. And, you know, just like you, probably had some difficult times, and I, and if, and if you'd like, I'd be more than happy to share what really brought me on this journey. If this is something that you, I mean, if this is appropriate to share, I'd be more than happy to. 
I would love it if you would, you know, talk about this. I know it's very personal, but I think women will get so much from what you have to share, Rhonda, because it's mm. it's just an unbelievable journey. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, it it it, it, it felt like a horrific journey, and looking back on it, I can go, okay, that, you know, wow, okay, I get it. And what Mel's referring to is um, when I was 14 years old, uh, my parents were separating, and uh, my father was coming over to Sunday brunch on Father's Day to take us out, and again, he wasn't living with us at the time. And me and my two sisters were getting ready, and as I'm walking out, out to the car with my mom and my sisters, my two sisters are fighting it out in the bathroom, my father goes to the trunk of his coat to get the trunk of his car to get his coat. And um, I notice out of the corner of my eye that my father has not grabbed a coat, but he's actually grabbed a gun. And he starts screaming at my mother, you made me do this. This is your fault. You made me do this. And he fires. Now, I'm 14 years old, and I start screaming, you know. I start screaming, Dad, what are you doing? Stop. And he cocks the gun, and he aims the gun to me, and I blink, and he blinks. And my mother, who has already been shot once, looks up and sees the gun, literally, it's inches from my face. I mean, it's like my father and I were so close, like, and he had a rifle, so it was very close to me. And she just screamed, stop, don't. And my father, realizing my mother is still alive, takes that bullet intended for me and shoots her a second time. And that second bullet goes out my mother's abdomen, uh, goes through her abdomen, out her back, and lands in the car horn. And for the next 20 minutes, all I hear is, eh. and then my father comes running right next to me, puts the gun to his head and fires. And within 20 minutes, excuse me, within two minutes, I see I'm the only witness to my father murdering my mother and committing suicide in front of me. And, you know, when that happened, you know, I don't know how anybody else would respond, but, you know, seeing that murder-suicide in a minute, you know, in literally two minutes, and feeling so helpless and powerless, I blamed myself because I didn't do anything heroic. I didn't grab the gun. I didn't kick my father in the shins. I didn't, you know, jump in front of my mother. You know, I didn't I didn't do anything. I just stood there frozen saying, stop. You know, it's all I could basically, basically get out is stop. And for the next 20 years, because when you blame yourself for that, and when you also, you know, on one hand, I felt like I wasn't worth living for because I was out there with my dad. I was telling him to stop. I even yelled at one point, I'll live with you. I'll take care of you. You know, I'm not worth living for, but I'm also not worth killing because he did shoot my mother and didn't shoot me. So it's like, I was like left to be, be the witness. And so that haunted me that I did not do enough or that I was not good enough. Right. And so for 20 years, I tried to kill myself three times because that's what you do. That's what I did. I drank um, I basically had nightmares every single night that my father was chasing me through the woods. And every single morning, I would wake up with bullet holes just riddled through my body. And I literally would feel like I was Swiss cheese. I mean, I literally felt like some mornings I didn't know how I would physically get up because there were so many bullet holes. And I, I just wanted to die. And 
after my third suicide attempt, and by the way, just FYI, when, they, when you do try to kill yourself three times, I do send you to evaluate it in a psychiatric ward. So yeah. as I got out of the psychiatric ward after I was evaluated and wasn't deemed crazy, right, um, and they sent me home, which was very scary to be sent home, I realized something. I realized, I'm, one, I'm not very good at killing myself. I'm not skilled at that. And two, if I'm not dying, i, I got to figure out this living thing. <laughs> I, I can't keep living like this. I can't keep wishing to die. I can't keep feeling like I'm not good enough. I cannot, can't keep living two lives where on one hand everybody thinks I'm fine and smiling and I'm a straight-A student and, oh, yeah, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. But living inside, feeling like, oh, gee, if they only knew, a fake, not good enough you know, just just a fraud, right? And that someday somebody's going to find out, right? And so when I got out of that psychiatric ward and when I went home all by myself into my apartment and realized I had to figure out something, I, now I, 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 I had gone to therapy. I'd done workshops. I, you know, I love all those things, workshops and books, and I'd done everything. I loved so much. I learned so much, learned so much. And it was all great tools and skills, Fundamentally, it didn't take away the feeling that I wasn't good enough. I mean, sure, for a minute, maybe for a couple of days, maybe even for a couple of weeks. But fundamentally, that feeling in the middle of the night that I wasn't good enough still was there. And so I said to myself, okay, you know, everything I'm learning, it's like it kind of conflicts. You know, spiritual conflicts with self, self you know, personal development. Personal development is conflicting with spiritual. I mean, like, it's like it doesn't, nothing fits. And so I basically started creating exercises for myself and started really following my own path to freedom. And when I started doing that, it became very, very clear to me very, very quickly that it's all fear. It's all fear. It's all fear. And unless you figure that, unless you really build a relationship with fear and shift the way fear works in your own life, not just with casual cliches, which are nice and helpful. They're nice mantra tools. But that doesn't change how it works in your life, right? So I set about, you know, for my own sake, wasn't thinking about anybody but myself because I'm just trying to save my own life at this point. I set about figuring out fear. And and shockingly, uh, it I did. And shockingly, it works. And... Um, it's just amazing to me how life, still, still amazingly beautiful to me, how life can become so easy and so filled with grace and so filled with peace once you see that fear just wants to keep you safe. That there is nothing wrong with you. It's just fear lying to you. And that you can actually use fear to support you, to benefit you, to catapult you. And that fear, like I said, is just there to keep you safe. And once you understand that, and that's what I teach, you know, that's what I teach every day is how does fear work and really apply it to your life. Because, again, everybody's life is different. Then you're really able to truly, I mean, truly, not cliche-wise, but really truly to go anywhere you want to go, do anything you want to do, and meet anyone you want to meet. I mean, you're really able to unleash your innate purpose 
and follow your destiny with such passion and vigor and, you know, just light that things you wished were possible before actually become possible. It, it, it's, I, I've just seen it over and over again, and it's just miraculous to me each and every time. Uh, you know, fear does not have to take a hold of us. And um, that's what I've devoted my life to now. I've just devoted my life to helping people understand how fear really works so fear doesn't get the best of them. You know? I have always said that fear is the root of all mm. evil in women. And it's the root <laughs> of yes. addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, we drink or we drug or we overeat because that's right. we are fearful. And if we that's could right. get to the root of the fear... We can reclaim our lives. We And as you said it, Rhonda, we can have and do anything we want if we take that fear and use it to catapult ourselves. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I agree 836% when it's only one of 100. Because <laughs> so, I, I agree. It's like that darn fear. Yes. Enlighten us a little bit about the process of of how you take women through this, through the mm. academy and, you know, give us some tidbits here on, on, on how, you know, how they can do this so that maybe that our listeners could start to practice some of these things. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I can give a quick little exercise that's, um, that actually I would be more than happy to, to share the exercise and, and, and um, give you something to support you to do that. Um, so, you know, I believe that we all have a core that's driving us. And I know many of us think, well, I have so many fears. You know, I'm fear of rejection, and I'm fear of being a failure, and I'm fear of success, and I'm fear of loss, and I'm fear of being unloved, and I'm fear of looking selfish, and I'm fear of looking stupid, right? We have all these multiple fears. And what I've really come to see is that all of those multiple fears, again, are just symptoms of a core fear. So when we really get down to it, we're all driven. You're driven by a fear. I'm driven by a fear that was you know, taken on by, is it our ancestors, perhaps? You know, the thing about the brain and how the amygdala works, which is where the center of fear is, is our lovely, uh, um, you know, our lovely neuroscience teaches us, is that amygdala is where fear resides in our, quote-unquote, you know, physiology, so to speak. Um, the brain, the, the amygdala, actually doesn't know the difference between an imaginary fear and a real fear. doesn't know the difference. doesn't know the difference at all. It also doesn't know the difference between uh, the fears that you take on in your own life at the age of two, an age of five, an age of one, right, or the fears of your ancestors. We're literally handed fears down through our DNA. So you might, you know, wonder, like, why am I like this? Why am I like this? Why am I like this? And I tell women all the time, the why is really irrelevant because you may never know why you got this fear? Like, why are you afraid of rejection? And why is somebody else afraid of failure? Like, in, and, and again, so much of our lives are spent in searching for the why, thinking, thinking that if we find the why, that will unlock the door to give us permission to be true to ourselves. But in fact, what normally happens, and if you think about it, I know this happened for me, is that one why leads to another why leads to another why leads to another why, and I'm continuously looking for why, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and many people also think now that if I find the why, then miraculously I'm no longer going to have the fear. 
And again, that's not how it works. You all, we all have an amygdala. I have one and you have one. You're always going to have an amygdala. So you're going to always have fear. So it's not about getting rid of fear. So when people tell you, you never have to be afraid again, it's like, mm, that's not true. Not, that's kind of actually a lie. It's not about never feeling fear again. It's knowing what to do when you have it. And that's really uh, what I have created, what, I've cre- what I call the wheel of fear. And I want to say one more point on this. Not only is it knowing what to do when you have it, but also what I've seen over and over again in my own life and in my clients' lives, in my private clients' lives, in my, workshop, uh, in my workshops is, you know, not only do you um, know how to work with fear, but the frequency in which it comes up lessens, the length in which it lasts decreases, and the intensity in which you experience it goes down. So if you get overwhelmed, if you freeze, right, if you run, right, the fight, flight, freeze, and fake, you know, there's not, there's not just fight and flight anymore. They've actually added freeze, and, they've, and even some neuroscientists actually have created a fake. So there's, you know, different ways we respond to fear. So, you know, again, like I said, everybody responds differently, and you want to start understanding your personal fear so that you can not only know what to do with it when it happens, but also identify it quickly so that it literally takes you a second to move away from it, move through it, to move beyond it, rather than, oh, here's fear, oh, oh crap, ola, you know, oh, crap, you know, no, oh, crap, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in fear again, and then we beat ourselves up, right? We beat ourselves up, which is, you know, again, we all have fear. You're always, you're going to have fear anytime you go in the unknown, period, end of story. But again, it is not the fear that you have experienced in the past, now it's a new relationship to something very different. It feels very different now. It's not the paralyzing fear. It's not the doubt fear. It's not the what's wrong with me fear. It's just the, oh, look, (laughs) you know, let me, let me move into my true nature. Let me move into what you, you know, what you say, Mel, reclaim my life. Let me reclaim my life here and be more true to myself. And again, let me have a whole bunch of tools to support you in actually being able to move from fear to freedom, to move any moment from fear to freedom at will, because it's that choice, right? So, um, so I've created this thing called the Wheel of Fear and the Wheel of Freedom that helps people plot. It's such kind of like a little plotting tool that you kind of, you know, lay down on a piece of paper, and you actually can start noticing your cycle of fear, so that you can interrupt it at any time. That's the, that's the value. I'm bringing awareness to it so you can interrupt it. So you're not down the, you're not down the path for, you know, two miles and you're not like, oh my God, how do I get off? It's like, okay, well, if you, if you catch it at the foot mark, if you catch it at the, you know, 500 yard mark, if you catch it at the two mile mark, it doesn't matter where you catch it. The point is I show you how to catch it and then move through it so it no longer owns you, right? Cause mm-hmm. fear, like I said, Fear is just there to keep you safe, and, and, and fear loves you. The fear loves you, and it's just, just trying to do its job. That's all. It's just trying to do its job, and when you get that, it becomes less scary right away. Mm, I just love the sound of this process. How, how challenging is it to do this? It's actually, not, it's actually not challenging, you know, at all. It just takes 
you know, obviously anything worth doing takes a little effort, right? Mm -hmm. So I take you through a process. You know, I I take you through the exercises. And you can do it many ways. You can either do it um, using my book, right? Like I have a book called Fearless Living. And you can follow the process in the book, and it takes you through each exercise, right? Or I have a training program where there's videos and audios and support and, you know, coaches and a whole bunch of things to really help you go a little bit deeper with it. Um, if you're somebody who tricks yourself all the time, you might want to do it in that setting so that you don't trick yourself, right, because fear can be tricky. Um, so that might, and especially if you're a learner that likes to interact, like listen to audios and write and, you know, watch videos, you know, depending on, again, your learning style, you might want to take the course in order to really catapult you further, right? But what I'd love to do is uh, actually give you, actually give all of your Reclaim Your Life listeners um, some a, a gift from me that I'm actually going to share three videos with you that not only am I going to share a tool in there to help you right now, this moment, move from fear to freedom, but in these videos, I'm, I actually describe the wheel of fear in detail so you can actually watch me do it on a piece of paper in a workshop format in workshop setting, so you can actually see me do it, and you can actually hear me and watch me do mine, so you can oh. actually see how it works. So, it's, so, so it becomes, once you see it on paper, it's like, oh, got it, right? Right now, we're kind of, you know, there's no paper in front of us, right? We're not actually looking at a piece of paper, doing it together. So, um, so I want to give you, gift you these three videos that, like I said, is going to give you a tool to change your life right this minute, as well as the video of the Wheel of Fear so you can see it in action and you can see how easy it is. That is so exciting, Rhonda. And the link for this free gift will be right on reclaimyourlifeevent.com, right under your name and bio, link to your website, a link to the gift. These videos sound spectacular. You're going to see my name on the list. (laughs) I'm signing up for those. I want to watch that. You know, fear has been a huge element in my own life, and it is for every woman I ever talk to. We yeah. all have yeah. something that is, you know, whipping us around, and when you share the depth of your fear and what happened to you in your life, and you are able to process that fear now, and You've taken your life back. You are a huge success working with people all over the world and teaching them this process. It just validates how powerful it is. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Well, it has been an extraordinary journey. You know, it's been an extraordinary journey, and I, I just feel so blessed that I'm able to that somehow I was able to figure this out and. I love it because once, again, you build a different relationship with fear, your life really does get unleashed. You really can reclaim your life. It really is your life again, and you really can choose, right? So, you know, every time that I – well, let's just put it this way. If there is nothing you hear today except the next following phrase I'm going to say, if everybody who's listening only hears me say one thing and one thing only – um, this is the thing I want everyone to take away from our time together. And this is the most important sentence I could say to you. And if you take this one sentence and really take it to heart and memorize it and own it and get it into yourselves, you know, true transformation will take place. And this is by far the most important thing I can tell you. 
which is there is nothing wrong with you. It's just fear. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just fear. Fear is the thing that tells you you're not good enough. Fear is the one that tells you you're overweight. Fear is what tells you, right? Fear is what tells you you should be more successful. Fear is what has you compare. Fear is what tells you to compete. Fear is what tells you to be like the boys. Fear is what tells you you're not enough. Fear is what tells you you're not enough. Fear is what tells you you're not enough. In whatever way that is, whether it's your don't have the right, the right purpose, don't have the right brand, you know, don't, are not wearing the right clothes, wish you could fit in better, why can't you be a leader? You know, all this conversation, all this baloney baloney that we are inundated with in our culture is based in fear because fear wants you to stay stuck, the small, small and the same, because that way it can control you. And when it can control you, it can keep you safe, you know, mm. the illusion of safety. So fear has to control you. So it would rather do what's predicted, right, do what's predicted, which is, okay, she always gets in bad relationships, and, oh, wait, here's another bad relationship. Let's do that, you know. Or, okay, she only can make $50,000 a year, can't get beyond that. Oh, let's keep her at $50,000 a year. You know, oh, yep, that set point on her weight. Yep, everybody's at a set point, can't change that set point. Let her have her believe that. Yep, yep, that's good, right? Because then I know where she's going to be, and I know what she's going to think, and she's not going to do anything crazy and wild like being her true self, right? So um, that's fear's job. That's what it's. That's what it's there to do. And we're here as individuals with our frontal cortex, you know, with our part of our first, the, 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 the part of our brain that actually makes choices and decisions. We can actually take back and reclaim our life. And and how to do that is to really, again, like I said, for me personally, it's worked for me personally. And uh, it's just to understand fear, because once you do, it gets really easy. You know, it just gets so easy. It doesn't hold you anymore. It doesn't own you anymore once you understand it. That's right. That's right. And understand it not from a neuroscience point of view, which, again, is nice and lovely. Again, amygdala is awesome. But when you're in the middle of a fight with your spouse, I think yelling out, it's my amygdala, you know, doesn't help us, right? <laughs> no, that's not going to do it. <laughs> right? And when, you're, when, you're, you and your, you, when you and your spouse are fighting, right, and you're feeling unloved, false evidence appearing real may be helpful, but maybe not, right? Mm. So you really need to understand, like I said, the wheel of fear, the four components of it are going to take you down the path, and you're going to start seeing. You'll, you will literally see, as I explain it to you in the video, you will literally see, like, Oh, my God, that's what I do. Oh, my gosh, that's what I do. Oh, my gosh, right? You're going to have that recognition like, yes, yes. Oh. Rhonda, I am like just so caught up with your energy, your message, your passion for helping others. Something hit me on the head so loud and clear that I have to share it with you. I, God had a bigger plan for you, and that's why you were spared in your suicide mm. attempt. Mm. There, he had a big plan for you, and you're living that plan now. You're living your purpose. You're delivering a message that's mm. so needed. Mm. Thank you so much for that lovely. Thank you. Uh, I'm just going to take that in. Thank you. Okay. To, to, to believe that is true is such a great gift, mm -hmm. you know, to take that in and just go, okay, okay, yes, 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 you know. And Thank you. you. You're on that path. You're in those shoes. You're delivering that message. You're living your purpose, your divine purpose. Mm. Yep. Mm. 
I'm going to oh, stand in that reality. I'm going to say yes to you, girl. I'm going to say yes. Oh, I love it. This has just been <laughs> outstanding. And thank you so much for the, the gift to the listeners. And bless you for the work that you do. And I hope that we connect again very, very, very soon. Well, I'm knowing that to be true. And I do believe that people can reclaim their life. And I believe that anyone who has even that spark of, yes, there is more for me than this, you know, again, you can be content and satisfied with your life and still want more and still want to be better and still want to grow and still want to learn. So, you know, if fear is holding you back in any way, um, I really just invite you to go and get those videos so that you can truly start unleashing more of you into the world. We need us. We need each other. We need each other. And we need more women to say yes to themselves so that women, you know, women can really, truly decide the next 100,000 years for this earth. And we've got to make that choice to do it. And fear is the only thing holding us back. I agree with you completely. And it's, there's a new environment out there now. It's no longer mm-hmm. competition. It's it's all cooperative and mm-hmm. support. There's a new energy that surrounds us. And yes. it's working with one another and supporting one another and, and helping women collectively. Yes, I'm knowing that to be true. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with anyone. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with me. It's just fear. So let's master the sucker. You got Thank it, you, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Love you. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and please leave a favorable review at iTunes. Be sure to visit Maldwain.com for Mal's six-part video series, Heal Your Wounded Heart and Reclaim Your Worth.